seek and ye shall find. And then we concluded last week with the statement about building your life on the solid rock, right? So verse 24, therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken to a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And we know the alternative there is the foolish man whose house is built on the sand. So he emphasizes, so if you put the whole sermon together, right, from start in chapter 5, blessed are the poor in spirit, to build your house on the rock and not on the sand, if you put the whole context together, I think it's pretty safe to say, I don't think anybody would disagree with me, that what he's teaching them, what he's showing them is that all of the spiritual teachings you've been receiving from the Pharisees are on shifting sand. And I've come to show you how to build your life on a rock. So that's really the, the theme of it all. A new understanding of what the kingdom is. The Pharisees considered themselves the, keeper of the keepers of the kingdom, but they were not. So, there's one passage that we skipped when we were looking at this, and that is here in verse number 13 of Matthew 7. So let's take a few minutes and look at this. Matthew 7, 13. Enter ye in at the, what's it say? Straight gate. Now, that word straight, it's not just an old spelling of straight, right? We think of straight like this, right? But that's not what that word means, okay? And maybe you might have a more modern translation on your lap, and I don't know what it says, but the literal word of straight here, does anybody know what that older English word straight means? Yeah, it means difficult. Like it's a narrow, it's a narrow place. It's it's kind of like if you remember from geography class, the Straits, uh, the Strait of Gibraltar. Does anybody know where that is? I have no clue where it is, but I know I learned it at some point. It's a narrow pass. What's that? All right, I'll take your word for it. It's a narrow, it's a narrow pass. It's a straight. So this is a straight gate. And it's the opposite of it being wide. It's a narrow gate. And there's some difficulty to get through it. Because why? Because there's a wide gate. And broad is the way that leads to destruction. Now, obviously, in the context, who, are the, who is the keeper of the straight gate? Who's the keeper of the straight gate? If you go to the gate, who's letting you in at the straight gate? Go ahead. It's not a trick question. The gate, well, it's Jesus, Right? So you come to the straight gate, it's Jesus, this is the way in. Now, who would the keepers of the, of the broad gate be? In the, in the context here, who would it be? Yeah, I heard somebody say, I see a lot of like, people like, oh, I don't know, I don't want to say it because we'll get it wrong, right? So who are the keepers of the broad gate? It's the Pharisees. It's the Pharisees. Now, you said the devil, right? But that's true as well, Okay. But, but in, the, in the immediate context, think of the crowd he's talking to. All the people are following the teachings of the Pharisees. All the people are going with the popular belief system of the day. Now, if we were to put that into modern terms, our wide gate isn't the way of the Pharisees, is it? But is there still a wide gate? There's still a wide gate. Now, the narrow gate remains the same. There's only one keeper of the gate, and that's Jesus. The wide gate is where the most people follow. The keepers of that gate tend to change. In Jesus' day, it was the Pharisees. In the days of the Middle Ages, it was the Roman church. 
in modern American culture, who's the keeper? Who would you say the keepers of the of the broad gate are? Any thoughts on that? Yep. Okay, sure. It could be it, it could be wide uh, religions. Yep. The the worldly influencers. Yeah. What were you gonna say, Travis? Right. So if you just look at the major ideologies that people are flowing through, there's a few different avenues in, but it's okay because the gate is what? The gate is wide. So we can take a road from this way, and we can take a road from that way, and we can take a road. We could take some Eastern philosophy. We could take some American materialism. We could take a little generic spiritualism. I'm going to talk about this in the message today. How many of you heard the statement, well, it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you do believe? How many of you heard that before? Okay, very common. In fact, a lot of the people that I've witnessed to are not hostile to Christianity. In fact, they like, some of them like Christianity. They like the teachings of Jesus. What they don't like is that Jesus says, ah, yes, but I am the narrow way. I am the only way. Because the wide gate says this. If you want to come through Jesus, or you want to come through Buddha, or you want to come through Muhammad, or you want to come through, you know, whoever your favorite psychologist, Dr. Phil, you know, if you want to come through this person or that person, if you want to come this way or that way, it's fine, because the gate is what? It's wide. But look at the verse. What's on the other side of the gate? Destruction. The other side of the gate is destruction. And how many people, again, not my words, not the words of the Baptist church, but the words of Jesus, it's important, because, because there's a lot of people in the world will say, you know, you start to believe the Bible, and they'll be like, oh, are you a part of a cult, or are you, listen, we, all we do is we look at the words of Jesus. The words of Jesus says that all of those roads go through a wide gate, and at the other side of the wide gate is what? Destruction. But verse number 14, there's a straight gate. It's narrow. So there aren't all kinds of roads that go through that gate. There's one way through that gate, and it's through the blood of Jesus. How many of you have ever read Pilgrim's Progress? It's based on these verses right here. I'd encourage you, it's, it's a little difficult to read if you're not used to it, but it's a great, great illustration of this narrow gate. Narrow is the way that leads to life. Now, sadly, how many people are going through that narrow gate? Few. There are not a lot. The way of Jesus has never been the way that most people in the world want to go. So you need to understand that. Now, does that mean there, there aren't many, many people who will be saved? Of course there are. We know in the day of in the day of Revelation that's spoken of, there's, there's millions of people around the throne. There's a huge company. But proportionally, it's small. Proportionally, it's small, those who come by the way of Jesus. So we need to understand that, that the, the Christians have, true biblical Christians have always been in the minority. But we're a joyful minority. We're not a bitter minority. We're a hopeful minority. We're not an angry minority. We're a loving 
minority. We're a missionary minority. It's what we do. We're a bright light in a dark world. But there's few that find it. Now, verse number 15 is really important now. Jesus says this, Beware of false prophets. Beware of false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. If you've ever wondered where the expression wolf in sheep's clothing comes from, this is where it comes from. People come. They're false prophets. What is the definition of a false prophet? Somebody give me a working definition. I'm not looking for like the Oxford English Dictionary definition. Just you give me a definition of a false prophet. What's a false prophet? Frank? Well, that would be, that's a good definition. Somebody else? I also found someone that will tell you what you want to hear. Read the Old Testament. The false prophets in the Old Testament, they gave lots of good news. You got this guy, Jeremiah, right? Read it about it sometime. And Jeremiah's like, trouble's coming. You're going to be, God is going to judge you. And then he's the only guy. And then all these other prophets come in. They say, hey, king, you, don't listen to this guy. He just needs to chill out. There's no judgment coming. In fact, God told us, and they do this big show, and they like take this like ox yoke, and they're like, in fact, this is what we heard from God. And they take the big ox, um, what's it called? Yoke. They take the big ox yoke and they smash it. And they're like, this is what's going to happen to the kings of Assyria and all that. They put on this big show and the king's like, I mean, if you were the king, who would you want to listen to? Those guys. Because they're like, yeah, everything's fine. Just keep doing what you're doing. So I'll give you a definition of a false prophet. It's someone who claims to speak in the name of God, but they do not have the words of God. So false prophets are just people, they claim to speak with spiritual authority, but they don't have the, but they don't have the word of God behind them. So they take a lot of different forms. And some of them are really nice people, and they're on TV. Some of them even occupy pulpits. But they just give you words that, that you want to hear, maybe. Well, of course, if you're a true believer, you spot false prophets, and you don't want to hear it. But they give words that appeal to the masses. So Jesus said, you've got to beware of false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing. They look harmless, but they're ravening wolves. Yeah, Carla. Well, it's the spirit of Antichrist. John the Apostle speaks of that. I think it's in John 1 where he says, you've heard that Antichrist is going to come, but I tell you he's already here. Now, he didn't mean the literal Antichrist because that person is yet to come, but the spirit of Antichrist is already here. And anti, interestingly enough, does anti mean against Christ? What's it mean? Well, it means what? It's not opposite, actually. I'm glad you said that, though. Thanks for being wrong. All right? No. It, this is really important because, because anti, we think of it as the opposite of Christ. But the, 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 in the Greek, it, the anti, uh, pre, pre, whatever it's called, it prefix, it actually means instead of, in the place of. So they don't come, the false prophets don't always come and say, I'm against the Bible. But they give you a little alternative in place of the Bible. So you're right, Carla. That's Antichrist. Beware of them. Now Jesus says, you'll know them by their fruits. 
Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. Anybody, that verse, you've heard this before, right? By their fruits you shall know them. A lot of people use this to like judge other Christians, but it's not what this context is. Who is this for judging? False prophets. This isn't to be like, well, they say they're a Christian, but I don't see much fruit, right? Be careful of that. Just be, be careful of that statement, because everybody's, everybody, God is doing a different work in every person's life. But a false prophet, look at, the, look at what they produce. Do they produce people who love the Bible and follow the word of God? Or do they produce a carnal group of people? Are there churches and their spiritual, their spiritual fruit, are those people close to Jesus and the word of God? Or are they all off into non-biblical ideas? Because look at the fruits of the teaching and that will tell you if the tree is corrupt or not. Somebody had a hand up. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody else had a hand? We got a wrap. Yep. The tree might not necessarily be corrupt. It's sometimes like from where I came from, it's a method that we portrayed. Yeah. Because everything else seems wrong. Right. It looks good. So, okay, so you need to distinguish between a false prophet and people that are sucked into that whole thing. And so, and that's a, that's a fine line of, of distinction because there are, in church, there are people in churches and movements that are not biblical, but they think that they're doing the right thing because somewhere back in the line, there was a false prophet that got them off. Yes, so it's not helpful to go to your friends you could even have a friend who's like a priest or something in another um, in a in a false religion. It doesn't even make that person necessarily. He's part of a system, but there's anyway. You just took me down a hole. I don't have time to even talk about that. So we should talk more about that because there's interesting. So scratch the last thirty seconds, and I need to rethink it and restate it. But uh, it's a good thought, though. It's really good. We've got to wrap, though. So let's pray. Good time. It was a good. This was a good time. So let's pray. And uh, Lord, help us to be discerning as Christians, to know your word, to know your truth from error. Lord, I pray that you would bless our church. Lord, use us. Please bless the worship service in a few minutes. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We are so glad that you've taken the time to join us today. If you've been blessed by the message, or if you have placed your faith in Jesus today, we want to hear from you. Maybe you still have questions about what it means to have a personal relationship with Jesus please let us know, and we would love to answer those questions from the Bible. We would also be happy to provide you with the Bible and other free Christian resources to help you grow in your faith. You can email us at info at mountgraylockbaptist.com or send us a message on Facebook. You can also call us at 413-662-2107. 
We would love to hear from you, and our desire is to be a blessing to you in any way that we can. God bless.